Welcome to Language on Purpose with linguist, teacher, consultant, and veteran language learner, Mary Lynn Kinberg. Hello, everyone. Who hasn't bogged down in those middle levels of language learning and tried to slog through? Today's guest describes that plateau and tells us how to get unstuck and move forward. Natalie is the director of the Institute for Cross-Cultural Training at Wheaton College. So awesome to have you here, Natalie. Welcome. Thanks so much, Mary Lynn. I am just really excited to talk about this. Thanks for having me. I think of the Institute as a bastion of training global workers and second language acquisition. How long have you been director there? I've worked globally with language learners for over 14 years. I started with ICCT in 2007. I was a global worker in Asia myself. I came to the States to get my master's in TESOL and then got my PhD so that I could work more with ICCT. So I took over as director since 2017, but it's not just me. It's a whole team of amazing people who know so many things and who love the father and love global workers. Natalie, in those 14 years, tell us what you've observed about learners hitting that middle plateau. Okay, Mary Lynn, let me start by saying that those types of learners are my favorite to work with. I don't know if you knew that before we talked about me coming on this podcast to talk. So I'm really excited and hopefully we'll have some helpful things and some encouragement to offer. It's those workers who've been on the field for a while and they just feel stuck and they either need to because of requirements or policies or they really want to get to the next level. So what we see at ICCT is that it's difficult for people to get from somewhere in that intermediate to advanced range. And then if you're talking about getting from advanced to superior or distinguished, you don't meet too many people who even make it that far. It's a frustrating place to be as a language learner right there from that intermediate trying to get to that advanced level. And in my opinion, everyone gets stuck there at least for a little while. Did that happen to you? It did. So I have a bachelor's degree in Spanish and I was studying Spanish in Madrid, Spain, and I felt pretty out of place. I was going through culture shock and I was homesick and I had a wonderful friend from Peru. Interestingly, if you've ever been to Spain or lived in Spain, a lot of the people in the churches there are not necessarily Spanish. At least at that time, they were all Latin American. I really improved in my Latin American Spanish more than anything. And I was at this intermediate level and we were walking around the city and I sat down with my friend Sulema and I just started trying to tell her in Spanish how I felt and what was going on in my mind and bless her heart. Her face just looked at me and she looked like she was listening. And I said, do you understand me? And she goes, not really. And I just was so discouraged. And I wasn't able to push out at that mid intermediate level where you have a lot of things to say, but you just can't get it out. Why is that such a common thing? I think there's several reasons. For one, there's not very many resources available to get a language learner beyond that stage. Now in Spanish, there are more classes and trained and equipped teachers to do that. But the majority of the languages that we work with that are global workers, there's no help to get from that intermediate to advanced or higher. You don't know what to do next. 
So you spend a lot of time spinning your wheels, you get tired. It takes so much work and nothing seems to be working. And a lot of the time people don't also know any other foreigner that's actually gotten to a much higher level in that language either. So they just feel really all alone or they get demotivated and they'll say, no one else is higher than this. I can do everything that I want to do. I can get around. This is enough. Let me just move on with my life. I don't want to do language learning anymore. You can do a lot in the language and you can mumble your way through enough to be understood, making mistakes, but you're still understood. Friends just accept that you're the foreigner and so you get by. Yeah. And if I could just inject one more thing here, I think learners don't have a realistic idea of what the trajectory of learning a language is exactly. You hear so much hype out there, fluent in six months, for example. Something like that, I think, is one of the worst things that people can hear if they're a language learner. No one becomes whatever they think of as fluent in six months. And there's all kinds of ways to describe fluency. And anyway, it's easy to advance in those early phases and you feel good and you go from knowing nothing to be able to do so many things in the language. but. People just don't realize how hard and how long it will take to get to those higher levels. And honestly, the majority don't get there and I don't blame them for it. This isn't a judgment call. We're not saying anything bad about that. Mary Lynn, I'm sure you've been there as well. We've all been there. So it's it's very common. I have been there. Natalie will be right back to paint more of this picture. Another issue, and I know I experienced this in learning Mandarin, is when you have that allotted time to do full-time language study, and then that allotted time is up, you just quit when you say, okay, I'm done, and that's great, and now I can move on to my ministry and other things that are really exciting to me, and you don't put any more time in because your allotted time, quote-unquote, is up, and really being a language learner, that trajectory continues for a lifetime. It's long-term. You're never done with language learning. You told me a story about David in Russia, and I think that story is very relevant here. Yeah, Mary Lynn, I tell his story to almost everyone in the Continuing Learners course. He's the best example I know of somebody who really hit that superior, distinguished level because he never said, I'm done. He was in Russia for 20 years, became the president of a university, did everything in Russian, okay? And he had a PhD in second language acquisition. He knew a lot about language learning. He was actually one of our associate directors of ICCT as well. He did training for other language learners and language coaches. But get this, he met with his language helper until the week they left Russia, 20 years. That is really impressive. Could you address that dynamic now of chomping at the bit to end language learning and get on with the work a learner feels called to do? Oh, that's huge. We look at language learning as a hurdle to jump over, a hoop to jump through so that we can get on with our real job, what we've really come to do. But that mindset hinders us. 
it means I'll just hurry up and try to get to a place where I can quit this language learning business. I've heard you say that language learning is ministry. Can you drill down into that? Yeah. For me, as a white English speaker, using a powerful language, English, okay, coming from a powerful country, the U.S., for me to humble myself to be the learner and to be the one to cross that bridge of communication and not to expect others to come over to me, that is truly the redemptive work of the good news. That posture is what we're called to do. We need to preach that to each other over and over in our community of language learners. It should be an essential piece of our language ideology. Another factor you've mentioned is the lack of a required assessment of where a learner actually is in the language. Yeah, that's right. I know there can be issues with types of assessments, but what we're talking about is accountability from an organization that says, hey, we're testing you, and until you reach the required level, you'll continue with language learning. We've been talking about the problem, but what's the solution? Is there a silver bullet? We'll be right back with Natalie. There's no quick fix or one single method to help a learner get from this unstuck intermediate place to higher, but there is plenty you can do. First, you need support. It really helps to get a trained and qualified language coach. You need support from your organization to give you more time to focus on learning and support from other learners who understand or maybe have some helpful ideas that have worked for them. What else is important? I think one of the biggest things, Mary Lynn, is that you need to reorganize your schedule or negotiate to get that increased time you need to study or have more chances to practice and to communicate that putting it in your schedule is the key. You also mentioned, Natalie, how important it is to use proficiency guidelines. Could you now explain what proficiency guidelines are and how they can help learners get off that plateau we've been talking about? Proficiency guidelines describe what individuals can do with language in real world situations. Okay, so this is not just what you can do, but how well you can do it and how deeply you can handle that thing. Three that have been developed that we often talk about are the Common European Framework, Canadian Language Benchmarks, and the ACTFL system. You can Google any of these to find out more. But please go on. How do the proficiency guidelines help? So they can help you see the types of communication tasks that you're able to do. And then they tell you what level you've reached. And again, you just want to point out with proficiency guidelines, it's not just, can I do this thing? Great. Okay. It's more a system to help you understand how well you are doing in the types of things you do to communicate in the real world, listening, speaking, reading, and writing, and then all types of communication, interpersonal communication, presentational. And what we see is that for someone who's stuck, it's encouraging to see how far you've come. That sense of success can keep you going when you're feeling like a failure and experiencing a lot of shame. I don't know if you've heard of the success cycle, but more success breeds more success and it's just motivating. 
So then the guidelines can point you to other tasks that you'd like to be able to do at the next levels. And then that gives you an idea of something that you can do with a language helper or ask your tutor if they can help you learn how to do those things and learn how to do them well and accurately and appropriately. I think one of the reasons why we plateau is because we just don't know what to work on next. I think we both agree that it is super important to take on a task that's just the next step up, something within reach. Yes, it's taking those little steps that breaks the plateau. And then the thing is, you don't want to look at something in the superior level and say, I'd really like to be able to do that by next month. Let me work on that. That's one of the other things that proficiency benchmarks and those guidelines can do is to help what's an appropriate thing to work on next for your level so that it's something that you actually can reach, not something that takes you three weeks full-time preparation to be able to do. And let me back up and just say that just admitting that you're sick of being at a plateau and asking for help is breaking the first barrier. That's encouraging because we all can take that next little step. Mm -hmm. Natalie, do you have a last piece of advice for learners at the plateau? I'd say don't blame yourself for hitting that plateau. A plateau is normal. Everybody gets there and help is available and it can be on the way. Before we go, please tell us one of your very own super duper language bloopers. I have one of my favorite stories and it's not exactly a blooper, but it's more of an aha moment. So I was living in Asia and I was using Mandarin to communicate with people and I was teaching English at the same time. So I was walking to class in the morning like I always did and I would see my students and they would say, good morning, teacher. And I said, good morning. And then they would go on their way. And it's really popular in that place to address your teacher as teacher instead of the name. And then one day, about six months in into my learning on Mandarin, I was walking with a student and I heard, so this, I said, good morning. And then good morning, teacher. And then he said to his same friend that was just passing us, did you eat yet? And the guy said, yep, I'm full. Did you? And he said, yep, I'm full. And I looked over. Okay. You know, is that your roommate? No, that's not my roommate. Okay. It's next person. Good morning. Good morning, teacher. Hey, did you eat yet? Yeah, I ate. How about you? Yep. I ate. I'm full. And I looked over. I said, is the cafeteria closed? I'm trying to think why. And he said, no. And then the next one, good morning. Good morning, teacher. How are you? Did you eat? Yep. And I said, why are you asking your friends if they've had breakfast? And he goes, ah, that's just how we say good morning. And I'm like, what have I been saying this entire time? And he stopped in the middle of walking and said, oh, teacher, your Chinese is really good. Your Mandarin's really good. Your pronunciation is so good. But I said, what have I been saying? And he goes, we just don't really say that. And so then that was my aha moment to learn to ask from people, what do I say in this situation instead of how do I say good morning? It was a really good light bulb moment of pragmatics and sociolinguistics. And so there you go. 
so you don't do this direct translation thing. No, and that's one of the things that we always emphasize with our learners in our second language acquisition courses with ICCT. Don't ask a helper, how do you say blah, 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 when you give them an English phrase. Instead, ask, how do you do this thing? What do I say in this situation? And you're going to get a lot farther. I have a Latino friend here who is in the process of learning English. And she commented one day, she said, all you guys talk about when you greet each other is the weather. And I started listening to all my conversations that I have on my walk. And I realized I do. We say, oh, man, can you believe how cold it is? Or I'm so happy the sun is shining. And I realized that's what we say in an initial greeting with people. Thanks tons for being on the show today. You can contact Natalie at ICCT at Wheaton.edu and check out all the online courses offered at the Institute for Cross-Cultural Training, specifically the second language acquisition course for continuing learners that addresses the plateau we've been discussing. So again, you can go to I-C-C-T at Wheaton, W-H-E-A-T-O-N dot E-D-U. Thanks, Mary Lynn. We have these SLA courses for continuing learners. We also do courses for people that are just getting started, maybe are pre-field or really soon on-field We offer ongoing language coaching. If you've taken one of our SLA courses, we offer language coach training courses. If you're interested in becoming a language coach and, or you are a language coach and trying to help others, we really recommend that you take those courses. Love for you to check out what we have offered in our ministry so that we can help you. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you on this podcast. I pray that this encourages everyone listening that they can keep going and get better at language learning. They don't have to feel stuck. There's help available. They can reach out to me and even just feeling a little motivated to take the next step will really help. Thank you for getting all those learners that you've helped off the plateau. So glad you've all joined us today. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google, or at our webpage, languageonpurpose.org. Hit that subscribe button and you won't miss an episode. See you next time.